millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we have another club update, this time about Swansea with Gitto Llewellyn, who you may know uh, from the Jackcast, which is a Swansea podcast, and the Cromarthen Journal. Gitto, when we scheduled this, we thought there would be a lot more movement by now. There's not. What are your thoughts on how this deadline day has gone thus far? Uh, yeah, it's it's not exactly um, surprising, if I'm honest. Um, we didn't really expect much action um, on the Swansea end of things. Um, we were warned about this um, by, uh, last week when we signed um, uh, Alfie Mawson from um, uh, uh, from Barnsley, uh, that he was likely to be our last signing. Then last few days, um, Hugh Jenkins apparently dropped some hints that there may be some further transfer activity. Uh, we were suddenly linked with Enna Valencia um, from West Ham, um, and that really did cause a, a, a storm on Twitter because, uh, despite our desperate need for pace uh, and uh, people complaining about the lack of potency up front, uh, an awful lot of Swansea fans really did not like the idea of Enna Valencia coming to the club, um, which says quite a lot about Enna Valencia, really. Um, that deal does seem now to be edging further and further away from us because Everton seem to be favourites. Um, but, you know, it's still early and we've seen deals move back and forth. But as things stand, no, it, it really doesn't look like we're going to be adding to the squad at all today. I got to imagine that's disappointing. Obviously, you had several high-profile outgoings. Let's start with Andre Ayew moves to West Ham for, to be fair, a, a fair chunk of change then immediately gets hurt. What are your thoughts on, on that deal? Uh, it was really unlike us. Um, but I, I mean, the whole, the whole summer has just been filled with things that you would not associate with Swansea. Um, in, in the past, you know, we, we've sold uh, our top players in the past, um, but it's always been on our terms. Um, for for example, especially in the summer time, we, we'd tell a player... Uh, or t- tell buying club, you know, if you want him, pay the money and just take him, um, and let us get on with, you know, re- re- reinvesting that money. Um, that that's what we've done with all our best players in the past. So to leave it until like a week before um, the the start of the season, before getting rid of our uh, of last season's top scorer, um, was just it was just bizarre. Uh, it wasn't something I really expected at the time. Um, and now I think we're paying a price for it um, because we, we really look short of that kind of creativity and spark, uh, as well as the goal threat that he offered. Um, I think we've found it very difficult without him. Um, 
and, and like I said, it, it just wasn't like us at all to just sell like that so late in the window and without a backup being lined up and we're now finding ourselves in a position where we're desperately trying to arrange a loan move for Enna Valencia as a direct result of that because we just didn't think things through. Yeah, another big exit. But by the way, I totally agree with you. I think most neutrals considered Swansea to be one of the best run clubs in the country or countries. Um, and now that quickly unraveling. Uh, before we get into more of it, do you think that has to do with the new ownership stuff? What, what do you think's happened at Swansea that's led to so many decisions that have been questioned by the fans? There's been like there's a real anger at the moment that everything that was good about Swansea. Um, has been just thrown out the window, really, for no apparent reason. Uh, that includes the off-field stuff, um, the the way, the, the style of play, um, the the fa- fan culture at the club is, has deteriorated quite substantially in the last twelve months, um, and it's it's really upsetting because, like you said, we were a brilliantly run club. Um, we we were just. We had we had the perfect formula for a, a small club um, overachieving in the Premier League, and um, it's it's just all gone. I definitely think the tra- the the, um, uh, the takeover has had a massive impact. It it's something you get the impression that the old board had it on their mind for quite some time that they wanted to sell the club and were waiting for the right buyer to come along. Um, the deal took a very long time to go through. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't resolved until after, uh, I don't think until after the Euros were finished. Um, and that really meant that we couldn't start buying players properly until then. And even after that, there didn't seem to be any kind of plan, any structure in place. Um, and, and it certainly seems from the outside looking in that the, the takeover just took over the entire focus of the summer and nobody really put serious thought into strengthening the squad. And it was something which was badly needed because, as we keep saying, we got we got lucky last season that it was such a poor season in the Premier League um, because we were dreadful for most of that season um, and, and managed to get out of it um, just grinding out results uh, when, when we really, really badly needed it. Um, but there was a feeling that we couldn't get that lucky twice in a row. Um, and the squad is actually weaker now on the whole, not only than, than it was last season, but I would argue that it, it has been at any point since we've been in the Premier League. Um, we really lack depth. Um, we've got positions where we've, we, where we really lack any kind of quality at all. There's an, an imbalance in, in the, in, in the lineup and there's, there doesn't seem to be, uh, an understanding of, how we're meant to be playing. Um, that was definitely obvious against Leicester, um, who out, on the weekend, who, who absolutely outclassed us and should have battered us, if I'm honest, too unflattered us. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been... That takeover has just really had a lasting impact, you feel. And we're still trying to work out where we go from here. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's really frustrating that, um, things have been allowed to deteriorate this far. Yeah. All right. Well, now back on to outgoings. Ashley Williams, captain of the club, also captain of the country, now gone to Everton. Doesn't seem like steps have been taken to really replace him. Jordi Amat 
was really a fun thing for fantasy owners because of his cheap price, but then gets torched by Jamie Vardy in your match against Leicester last week. If you don't think there are any incomings, what do you think you'll do at the back there? Um, I, I think we've got to have patience with the fernandez Almat partnership. We have bought um, Van der Horn in from, uh, from Ajax. Um, he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's really thought of as a starter uh, in the Premier League. He is more of a backup option. Um, so, and, and of course, we've got Alfie Mawson in from, from Barnsley, but the feedback that we're getting from him is that uh, despite being a very talented player, uh, he's probably not quite ready to make in the Premier League just yet. And we're going to have to wait for that one. Um, so I, I don't really think we've got much choice but to, but to stick with Fernandes and Amat. Um, both of them you know, have, have shown in the past that they're capable of being good defenders. But Fernandes had a really poor season last, last year. Uh, Amat hasn't had a proper run in the team ever. He's just had little fits and starts. Um, neither they've never played as a partnership really for any extended length of time because of Ashley Williams's amazing record um, when it comes to injuries and and his fantastic form generally over the years. Um, so this is completely new for both of these players, and they're just going to have to work on it and and hope that it works out. But at the moment, they do look disjointed. There does seem to be a lack of understanding of what the other one's doing. Um, we're hoping against hope, really, that it does gel. But I think it, it, that is going to be a difficult one. Um, and, and you know, it, it, they've, they've both got their weaknesses um, and they don't look particularly confident playing together at the moment. Um, but the Ashley Williams one, again, like IU, sold very late in the window um, without giving us too much time to replace. We still don't know who our captain is going to be in the long run. Um, and the lack of leadership is is quite clearly obvious uh, on the pitch when we play. Um, another, you know, really bizarre decision um, that that isn't like us at all. And yeah, the, the centre back situation is one of many um, in the starting eleven, which you'd have to be concerned about looking ahead for the next few months. Yeah, staying in the defense, it has recently come to my attention that you still technically own Frank Tabanou. And uh, Stephen, don't call me Ben Kingsley, has been starting over there. Neil Taylor should be returning to the squad anytime soon. Who do you think at that left-back spot would pair best with the center backs we were just talking about? It's going to be between Kingsley and Taylor. Um, it's it's quite an interesting one, actually. That That's one of the areas where we do have depth. Um Taylor isn't necessarily a fan's favourite. Um, he does have... Um, I, I mean, he's, he's not the flashiest player. He's not. I mean, he, he's he's pretty basic as, as a left-back. Um, he, he'll do his job. He'll do it fine. But, you know, he, he has his weaknesses, especially when you ask him to cross the halfway line. Um, Kingsley's the complete opposite. He's young. He's fresh. He's very confident going forward. He's got a lovely left foot on him. Um, so he's the only player actually in the entire team that can cross a ball, um, apart from Guilty Sigerson. Um, and um, but at the back, he still looks a little bit uncertain, um, and it doesn't really help when he hasn't got a natural leader next to him like he had in Ashley Williams when he played last season. Um, I at the moment think Kingsley's doing enough um, to claim that left-back spot as his own. I think it's up to Taylor 
to show that he's um, deserving of it and that he should be um, should be the number one left back. I think he's got to prove himself now that he's built, re- get, rebuilding his match fitness after the Euros. But um, the one thing I will say about Taylor is that he had a fantastic Euros, uh, played some of the best football I've seen him play um, and amazingly scored a goal too, which is something I never thought I'd see happen. Um, so he's going to be coming back very confident um, and hopefully he'll take that confidence into um, into his club form uh, and we'll see a better Neil Taylor than we had last year. But that's one area where actually um, I'm not too concerned about. I think I think we've got more depth there than we've got in pretty much any other part of the pitch. Yeah, uh, well, as for actual incomings, you brought in two up front, one currently injured, but uh, both Spaniards, Fernando Lorente and Borja. Uh, do you think that that has been decent uh, signings up front? Obviously, couldn't be more disappointing than uh, Gomez and Adair were last season, but what are your thoughts on those signings? Yeah, we've got better options up front now than we have last season. That's that's the one area where we've strengthened. Um, I, I think... Fans are, are happy that we've got Borja and Llorente, but even even then, you know, the way they were brought in was so un- uncharacteristic for, uh, for for the club. Uh, they were brought in a week before the season started. Um, at that point, we had no senior strikers um, in the squad, having got rid of Pulaski, Gomez, and Ede. Um, and and we have had problems in the past with strikers coming in from abroad, uh, taking some time to settle. Even Wilfred Bonney had a difficult first half um, to his first season at Swansea before he really settled and, and started scoring uh, and became a real fan's favourite. Um, so it does put a lot of pressure on Borja and Llorente to settle quickly because there are no other options. And they haven't had much time. Borja has had an injury. He picked up an injury too as soon as he arrived. So it's not been ideal. Um, Llorente, I think, has been signed as a Plan B. He's had a little bit of stick from fans already because he hasn't hit the ground running. I think it's deeply unfair. Um, he's starting in a team which doesn't really suit his style of play against Hull and Leicester. He was massively isolated, uh, and we just c- couldn't really get him into the game. Um, that was down to the midfield and the wingers not helping out enough. Hopefully, Bolcher will come in. He's going to be more mobile. Um, he's going to carry a greater goal threat, um, probably, um, and Llorente will probably drop the bench and just be held back as a plan B if things aren't working with uh, with Borja. So we're, we're, pre- we're pretty happy with the striking situation. The only thing I will say is that I am worried by the fact that we've only got two strikers. Um, Ollie McBurney has been brought in. He's a youngster, um, Scottish under-21 international. Um he did. He scored two goals in the League Cup the other day, but that says nothing. Uh, the League Cup is a dual competition. Um, he's. He, I, I don't think he's ready for the Premier League yet, um, but he's going to have to be our third option. Um, and that's you know, I, 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 we make the same mistake every single season. We just don't go into a season with enough strikers, and we we run a massive risk. Um, last season, we only had Adair and Gomez. For the first half of the season, Gummy's massively, well, he, his form just fell off a cliff. And Adair was never good enough um, from the second we bought him. He was not good enough for the Premier League. Um, so he was never going to, to to be able to fill in for Gummy's when it wasn't working. Um, we, we're running the same risk again. I don't get why we don't learn from our mistakes, but we've just got to hope that Borja's fitness 
um, holds out and that he does hit the ground running and, and fits in. But the, the, there's substantial pressure on them. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, with all of those uh, thoughts in mind, where do you expect to finish come the end of the year? Um, I do. I, 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 I do think things are going to get better than they have been at the moment. I mean, what we're seeing now is just the club's complete failure to prepare for the start of the season, which is unforgivable because they've known all along what would happen. Um, but I do think as the likes of Taylor, Key and Gilfie Sigerson, um get regain the match fitness, um, it question marks over how long that will take. But when they do regain the match fitness, I think they'll add a bit more balance to the team. Likewise, when Borja, if we're hoping that Borja can fit in and um, won't take too long to, to settle. So I do see things getting... I, there are signs of positivity, but I still think it's going to be a very long and very difficult season for us. Um, I, I'll be satisfied if we stay up, um, but it's, go, it's going to be a miserable season. The football's going to be terrible, um, <laughs> and it's just not going to be enjoyable. For most uh, for most of it, um, yeah. If we stay up, then I, I just hope that the club actually learns from the mistakes of this summer um, and ensures that we're not in this situation again. If I preseason, I predict that we'd finish fifteenth, and I'm not one to change my preseason predictions. So I'll stick with fifteenth. Mm. That I think would be a success, considering the shambles that this club has become. All right. Well, very sad news to hear from you, but hopefully you will uh, stay up despite all of this shenaniganry. Uh, that's it for us, though. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, if you want to catch the uh, latest episode of uh, the Jackcast that went up today, looking back at Leicester, there's also a lot of uh, much more positive uh, Wales talk because we're playing against Moldova, a team which surely, surely we can't lose to. All right. Well, thank you so much, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.